We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colm Kelly here, the executive producer of the Road of His Radio Podcast Network and co-host of the Road of His Overtime Podcast, along with the phenomenal Sean Siegel. The wait is over, the NFL season is here, and there's no better time than the present to sign up for a Road of His NFL Pass. You'll get access to all of our content, all of our tools, and everything you need to help you for that in-season success. As a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL Pass just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. Let's go get those championships. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Race attack, watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College Canton Podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football fan. I'm your host, Stefan Laco. You can find me on Twitter at Stefan Laco, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Travis May, the one, the only, at FF underscore Travis M. Before I continue the intro, man, we have more important things to talk about. You are a proud papa. You are back from... Uh, a very long week yeah. <laughs> in the hospital, but you're back. You're ready to go. You were anxious to get back on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's good to have you, man. But more importantly, I'm glad everything is good with the little man. Uh, how you holding up? I am still awake somehow. I, <laughs> uh, it's been, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, being and just, you know, I don't, I don't care talking about it. My, I had a new, a uh, newborn son and he is like 10 days, 11 days old now. Uh, 10 days old, I guess. And um, yeah, he was fine for about a half hour and then had to go to the NICU. And, um, you know, that is uh, more common than I thought, apparently. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, man, I, it's not something you plan for. A bunch of people had a, a, a in the past and are right now having a, a worse time with it than, than my wife and I and our son did. But it was um, really rough just to see him go through all that he had to in eight days just to kind of get back to where he needed to be so we could take him home. But we're, he, we, he's home and he is healthy. I had a checkup already. So sorry we missed, we missed the show last week, but that's why. <laughs> so yeah, glad no. to be back on. Uh, I was so happy yesterday just uh, just texting with you. Like just when we were talking about some football stuff, but you being able to be back home, it's just I'm just so happy for your family. It's uh, some stuff. Yeah, some things are bigger than football. Not many. Yes, but uh, but some things are. My son <laughs> so. is currently barely bigger than a football. But, <laughs> right, but, right, uh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, um, if you are joining us for the first time, the College to Canton podcast is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects, from being a college football recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk, talk some fantasy football because this is a road of his radio podcast. But we do dive into some real college football and NFL analysis to, to today's show. Excuse me while I stumble over my words. <laughs> um, today's show you have lovingly titled the Bull Season Boomers. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. What, what, what were you thinking about when uh, kind of coming up with the concept for, for today's podcast? Yeah, so Bull Season Boomers doesn't really have to BSB. do. Yeah, BSB. Doesn't really have to do with uh, their age. Uh, at all it just has to although some of them might some of them might, are might. old yeah you know what there are a couple of guys we might talk about that are a little bit older today but 
you know, just every single year, this time of year after college football season over is over college uh, championship weekend is over, you know, Heisman uh, hype dies down and the bowl games begin. There's always a few players that just boom, they absolutely go off in their bowl game or like, you know, for the entire duration of the college football playoff. And they, they go from, you know, maybe this guy's a day three pick to holy cow, this guy's a first rounder or, you know, there's somewhere in between. And we see guys like last year, the best example was Trey Sermon, right? Trey Sermon absolutely exploded and uh, got day two capital for no reason, no reason at all, apparently, because they ended up starting Elijah Mitchell half the year anyway, instead who they the 49ers pick much later, but it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I ended up with zero shares of Trey Sermon because people overcorrected like they always do because, you know, this bowl season boomers thing is real. Like, like there's this explosion and we, we don't know if it's real. And so we're, we're here to help you sift through that and kind of know what to expect from a few players and uh, some names to watch that could really see their stocks rise. And, um, you know, ones that to actually believe in that if it actually happens. So that that's where yeah where I was. Yeah, no, I I thought it was a great idea as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Um, I just think of Blake Bortles with UCF, like when he had those that great end to the season, and all of a sudden we're drafting him like way early. And yeah. Now Bortling is a thing. <laughs> Bortling, Bortles. You're watching the yeah. good place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the only reason I watched was was for uh, what's his name? Was it Jason? Is that his name? Yeah, Jason Mendoza from yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just good stuff. You know, um, you know. Every time I threw a Molotov cocktail, you know, every time I had a problem <laughs> and I threw a Molotov cocktail, boom, I had a different problem. <laughs> I actually did see that episode. Yeah. That is good. Um, all right, let's let's start off with some of the. Um, some of the big news this week, no, not coaching. We're going to avoid that for now. We'll, we'll get into all that kind of stuff later and transfer portal stuff. But let's talk about some players that have already declared. Yeah, um, sure. The, the big one today that I heard, of course, was Drake London. Um, he's a, one of my absolute favorite wide receivers, obviously wide receiver for USC, currently injured, uh, but went ahead and declared anyway. Uh, Matt Corral, of course, uh, he hasn't officially declared, but he did say he was playing his last home game. So unless he's entering the transfer portal, which he's not, uh, he will be the number one quarterback drafted, in my opinion. I don't know what you think about that, Travis, but um, I think he's going to be one of the first ones taken. Uh, yeah, I think Matt Corral uh, is going to be the first quarterback taken. I think right now, um, a lot of the mock drafters that are writing all the pieces right now, and even some of the big talking heads that just put out stuff, you know, just throw stuff at a wall. Um it, it, because they haven't really done any work at this point. Uh, you know, they're, they're all saying there's just a lack of blue chip prospects in this class, but there's, you know, there's a few at the very top and that really, it looks like that's the case. Like there's, when I was, I, I just scraped 30 plus mock drafts here recently, just to get an idea of what consensus was, uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is up there for Oregon edge rusher, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, obviously yeah. way up there, Kyle Hamilton way up there, uh, Evan Neal, offensive tackle. Um, and then Matt Corral and, uh, there's one more, but basically there's like six people all at the, at the very top. And then there's a major tear break, like, and mm -hmm. Matt Corral was the only quarterback that there was just super chalky. Yes. This guy is a top 10 pick. Like he was just a first draft, first round draft pick in every single one of the 30 plus mocks I found. Um, uh, and unlike a few of the other ones, like Sam Howell, like Malik Willis, like Carson Strong, like, uh, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter. Guys, you know, they'd be sprinkled in it, but, but there was a vast range of picks where, where the other quarterbacks would go. Matt Corral, uh, I'm confident he's an early first-round pick. And, and what's kind of fun about that is in a lot of Debbie leagues, he is available. <laughs> like, you'll be able to get him in your rookie drafts because in a lot of Debbie leagues, people weren't taking him because if you only have 12 teams, three Debbies, four Debbies, um, he wasn't a top 36, wasn't a top 48 pick in most of them. So uh, he, he could be fun for people to be able to get some sneaky value, kind of not sneaky value, but just value with those first picks, uh, kind of like Zach Wilson uh, was last year. I mean, who knows if that's actually going to work out or not. But anyway, I, I, I like it when these guys are, are like a Joe Burrow who they kind of come up out of nowhere. They're not in Debbie leagues. Of course, yeah, C to C leagues. <laughs> in C to C leagues, of course, they're taken already. But um, yeah. Yeah. But let's let's go through some of these names. Um, I, I mentioned um, Drake London, man. Drake, don't, don't skip Drake me. London. Dude had like 120 targets, by the way, in eight games. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and and with a rotating quarterback room. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was insane. O- over almost 1,100 receiving yards in his first eight games. Like, he was leading the nation in receiving yards, I think, for like two or three weeks after he went down with injury. Like, it was, it was just like uh, Derrick Henry in the rushing title. Uh, it's just like he's like still second or third right now in rushing yards. It was like yeah. that for a long time with Drake London. Yeah, it's crazy. So exploded, man. Um, I mean, is it too easy just to call him like if people have, who haven't watched him play just like Mike Evans Jr.? Like, is that too easy it, of no. a comp? No, I, not, well, it might be too easy because it's probably a really good one. Um, yeah, and and like, dude, didn't, he didn't get much separation, but he will catch anything. Yes. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and Mike Evans like it. it it's hard to really comp anybody to Mike Evans because let's be real, the dude had seven straight one thousand yard seasons. Like that's not normal. Like that that right, doesn't happen right. ever. And so uh, we're not saying he's going to have that outcome. He just he plays very very yeah, similar similar sim- similar athletic profile. Yes, um, is how I would put that. And then uh, a couple other wide receivers that are, of course are worth mentioning. Uh, your boy David Bell. Um, yeah, declared. dude, boiler up. Question: Are you? So Purdue's been producing some some pretty good wide receiver talent lately. Seeing him go early, does that make you happy as a Purdue fan? We're like, yeah, come to Purdue because you can leave early. Or do you wish he would stick around another year just so that Purdue would be a little bit better off? No, I see. I, I think it's just better for the health of the program. It's like we have a long term. You know, like we can get these guys back and they declare. It's just it's just mm-hmm. how it goes. Like if you're good enough, you declare early. Like that's just we here at Rotoviz love guys that declare early like the nfl loves guys that declare early that are young enough to uh and good enough early to make an impact uh, because it means they're probably going to do it again uh but uh pour one out real quick for my boiler boiler makers because they did just after getting the number one rank in college basketball for the first time in program history Rutgers. they just lost to Rutgers. Rutgers. <laughs> but yeah. anyway I, this isn't the college I, basketball I, I podcast and i'll probably cry mm-hmm. if we continued for too long so David yeah, no, Bell, no. <laughs> good, good. Back to the good things. But I, I, I saw uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, I can't talk. Pro Football Focus getting lit up because they had him like wide receiver ten or something, which is absolutely hot steaming garbage. But um, absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's their grading system. It's not even necessarily that he's like that on their big board. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, I think they do all that for clicks mainly, but. They're calling him like a, a wide receiver ten in this class is hilariously bad. Like, there's no way, absolutely. absolutely. Like, there's there are seven wide receivers in this class, and then there's a. I, if there, if you put anyone else up there, like wide receiver eight, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and he's in that cohort, so. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Another guy that uh, declared early, someone who I was wrong on this year. I just didn't know where the production would come. From I thought the talent was there. Didn't know what the production would be just because that Arkansas offense uh, troubled me. Uh, but he put up eleven over eleven hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, sixty ah sixty six receptions. I'm talking about Traylon Burks declared as well. Um, yeah. I know you like him quite a bit. Yeah, I mean Traylon Burks, he is this size speed freak. You know he's six three, two hundred almost two hundred forty pounds ish or something, and he just pulls away from defensive backs once he catches the ball. Uh, I don't know what is it, that. Does that speed does that translate does that speed translate to the NFL, you think? I know he's playing in the SEC, so probably but. I think so. Like he's he's pulling away from Bama backs, like Bama defensive backs. Like uh he uh I, that one uh kind of back shoulder throw that he snagged he snagged and then just pulled away from the entire secondary in that Bama game. It's like he that translates. Like that that next level speed and, and elusiveness at his size, like that's awesome. Like we all knew that he had tons of potential. He got a bunch of slot work uh, last year. And so people were like, well, can he, you know, really do all the things that he's going to need to be doing at the NFL level? I don't, I don't care where he lines up. Like he, if he's a big slot, almost like a tight end at the next level, he'd find success there. If he's a, you're right. just pure X outside guy, he's going to find success doing that as well. And he's shown uh, he can do all things at the wide receiver position at, at, at his size with the crazy speed. And uh, he can high point every single game. I feel like he he just mosses somebody. So yeah, uh, there's no way Mosses he's not him. a top yeah. three wide receiver. I like that. Um, okay, so I I think this next guy I want to talk about is one of the most underrated stories of the year because um, Matt and I were kind of making fun of him for like being like, oh, you can't hack it at Oklahoma, so you're leaving. <laughs> um, and then uh, little did we know that. You didn't want to be in Oklahoma if you wanted to be a receiver this year. No. Actually, 
Charleston Rambo in his year in Miami accumulated just about the exact same number as his first three years while at Oklahoma. So he finished with 79 for 1172. The only thing that's different. So yeah, so he had, oh, math is so hard. He had 76 career receptions (laughs) and just over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns in his first three years. Um, Of course, one of those was a a redshirt year, but um, Mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, but in this year, yeah, he he hit all those numbers up. The touchdowns were a little bit lower. So Charleston Rambo, absolutely huge year. Ended the the end of the season with just just ridiculous numbers. Over a hundred yards in four of his final five games. One of them he had ninety five yards in, so just missed. But another one against Georgia Tech, he had two hundred and ten. Like the man just balled out to end the season. Charleston Rambo, I think, um, not as big as some of these other guys we're talking about. But he 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 adds a different element, and now we have talked more about Charleston Rambo on this podcast <laughs> than we ever had. Than the <laughs> than, than, than the other wide receivers that are most definitely going ahead of him. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's and he's he's one of those guys. That I'm not sure. Like some of these guys who have declared early already, I don't know. It's going to be weird because we don't even know if they're going to play in their bowl game. Like they could help their stock though if they, if they do. Like mm-hmm. because if he plays Wazoo, like Washington State, like I think he could crush their secondary. Yeah. Like I think he could find success. Uh, and, and have another huge bowl game. And then people look around and go, oh, wow, Charleston Rambo, not only does he have a cool last name, he set the single season yeah. receptions and receiving yards record for Miami this year, all time. Like there's never, Miami used to be the wide receiver you, and he has the record for most receptions in a year. He has the record for most receiving That's yards crazy. in a year. And he did it right out of the, fresh out of the transfer portal, first year with a brand new quarterback. It's not even the first quarterback. Like Derek King went right. down. He's he's getting he's yep. He's getting touchdowns thrown to him by Dick Van Dyke. I mean Tyler Van Dyke. <laughs> he, I, I, every time and by the way, I can't like every time I, I see his name I'm like that's Dick Van Dyke throwing him touchdowns yeah. right now. But it Tyler is. Van Dyke uh throwing him touchdowns and you know he's looked good, but I think he's incredibly underrated. He's he will be uh a riser I think throughout throughout draft season. Yeah. And like, while I said, like, he's not as big as the other guys, he's no slouch. Like he's six one, one eighty five. like he's a little slighter of frame, but yeah. he's still, he's still got plenty of size. Um, then, okay. What are we doing with Justin Ross, man? Yeah. Justin Ross. So I actually, spoiler alert, uh, these, I do the top 100 rookie series and, um, I did 81 through 100 came out last week before I had my son and then 61 through 80 just came out yesterday. And, uh, and I would love to rank, you know, Justin Ross in like the top 20, but instead he's not even in the top 60, uh, for rookies yeah. when you mix in like defensive players, especially cause I, I mix in defensive guys too. So I don't have him in my top 60 rookies for next year because like, I'm not sure he's ever going to be the player that we thought he was going to be ever again. Like, uh, he had a great true freshman year, especially down the stretch in the playoffs had a not as good sophomore campaign, you know, has the retirement situation with his neck. And then this year was incredibly inefficient. And that whole offense right. was for Clemson, but he was not great. And then he got injured again with his ankle. So, um, yeah, if, if he's playing and clicking on all, on all cylinders, he could be a first round talent or he could just never have an NFL catch. Yeah, I, I totally see that um i i think it'll be it's gonna be a long road for him i wish him luck i wish him the best yeah but, uh this season didn't help him any um now someone who kind of is in the opposite side of the spectrum someone we hadn't really known too much about this year we talked about him uh, a few weeks ago uh but he's just been like producing like crazy and that's jalen tolbert uh let's yeah. talk about him do you 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 think he has a legitimate um opportunity to become uh, a pretty high pick uh, this is a name most people probably don't know. Yeah, so Jalen Tolbert came in, and he was the first 1,000-yard uh, w- receiver for a very young program in South Alabama. And South Alabama is still bad. <laughs> and so he's not even going to get a chance to um, really showcase his talents throughout bowl season. So he he actually could be somebody who, um, you know, we see his draft stock kind of tumble just because we're not seeing him. However... Uh, I believe he actually gra- either graduated early or whatever. He he was actually 
he's not a senior, I don't believe, but he actually got a senior bowl invite uh, to go play at this year's senior bowl. So he will be there. And and if, I don't know if you guys have watched much senior bowl action, but every single year there's a bunch of one-on-one stuff and uh, everyone get, gets pumped about a player here and there. Um, and that's how D Eskridge made a name for himself. Last yeah. D Eskridge got drafted in the second round for absolutely no freaking reason. Um, because he had a good senior bowl. And so like that could be a guy to watch during the senior bowl. Um, so there, because there's a bunch of okay guys there. Like if you, you can actually go check out all the accepted invites already, but like Alec Pierce for Cincinnati is going to be there. Not an NFL player. Uh, Bo Melton, who's okay for Rutgers. He was a volume underneath guy, not really an NFL player. Uh, Velis Jones, not really an NFL player. Trey Turner, like he's a special teams guy, maybe. Trey Turner, maybe. The, you know, there's a bunch of guys this year. The, the wide receivers so far. Uh, I have are, so much Trey Turner in C to C. I would like him to please be a success. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jahan Dotson's going to be there. And so like, yeah. that's he's going to be the star uh, so far. Like Romeo Dubs or Dubs or Dowds or whatever. He's going to be there. Calvin Austin the third is going to be fast. He's he's going to burn some people because he's like five nine and, and like a, a, a he weighs about a pound like and a half. He's going to be Jalen Rager 2.0. Oh my like, gosh. But no, so there's a few guys, but he, there's a chance that Jalen Tol- Tolbert, it looks like one of the best wide receivers at the senior bowl. So that's when we're going to get the look at him. Uh, and that's when I'm going to be really excited. And I am going to actually believe in the hype if he does generate some because he deserves it. He's dominated for one of the worst programs in college football um, and one of the youngest programs in college football. And there's no one around him to garner any attention whatsoever. He's just like, Hey, it's my ball, my game. I'm taking this over. Right. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. Let's talk some running backs here. Um, we've got uh Ricky person from <laughs> NC state, right? Yeah. Which is weird. Cause like everyone else yeah. likes bam or Zonovan night, right. Night more. What's funny is like, person's actually good. Like he, he's decent. He can catch the ball. I I really liked him as a recruit. Um, he's he's somebody who every year there's like that one running back that uh, gets drafted in like round five ahead of somebody's favorite sleeper, and, or six or ahead of somebody's favorite like running back prospect like you know Benjamin or something like that. Stop it! That hurts. <laughs> That's too close to home. Too soon. Okay, but uh, and, and and like Trenton Cannon was that guy a couple years back. You know, it's like. What? Like I knew, who, I know yeah. who that is, but <laughs> what? And yeah, and so like Ricky Person is going to be that guy this year that nobody liked in Debbie leagues outside of like when he was a freshman. Everybody liked his teammate better, and then he gets drafted ahead, ahead of his teammate anyway, and uh, gets some reps in his first year. And we're all sitting here in in like October, like how did this happen? How is he on my roster right now? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, another guy we've got. Again, kind of a surprise. Uh, the hurricane zone, Cameron Harris. What do we think about this? You and I kind of were into him for like three weeks last year. Yeah. So he actually looked good uh, early, early last year. And did, he got like dinged up pretty early though. Uh, and then he got dinged up again this year. And so it's just like, man, like when he's healthy and he gets a full head of steam behind him, he, he can be really good. He, and he can be um, athletic enough to make plays. But at this point, he just looks like a day three back. Most likely uh, if he kills it in his bowl game, though, he could recapture some of that magic because we've seen that the, the peaks of his career have been really, really good. And so yeah, he's going to have one more opportunity to uh, put put a, uh, you know, kind of like a stamp on the end of his career that could actually get him some capital. Yeah. Uh, we only have one tight end uh, to talk about. That's Kate Otten from the university of Washington. Yeah. I mean, there are a I couple mean, others that I don't think are going to get drafted very highly. Like James Mitchell uh, missed like the whole year this year. He, he is there too, but Kate Otten, like he, he had like over 50% of Washington's offense in their like four game sample last year. And so the expectations right. were crazy high for him. Right. But then he came in and he wasn't healthy all this season. And even when he was in the game, he wasn't hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I think he, he finished the year with like 250 something receiving yards and, like one one score, uh, not great, but um, it was a rough offense. Yeah, it was a rough offense. I mean, the, the coach got fired. He's gone for a reason. Overall, yeah, overall it was rough. But, but yeah, he but he, he didn't help. He had two hundred and fifty total yards and yeah. one touchdown this year. Yeah, and so I wouldn't be surprised though if even though he 
finish on a kind of a sour note. Like he is, he's like a third round pick. Like I would not be surprised at all because he's six four, two fifty, and he's got the athleticism, right. and he was like the anchor of that receiving offense and can do that uh, and can block. So I think he grades out well across the board. I'm just a little bit too scared to rank him too high uh, right now. Uh, but you know, t- tight end five, six, somewhere, somewhere in that range. I could see him coming off the board. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, why don't we take a quick break right here? And then on the other side, we'll jump into our bowl season boomers. Yes, sir. All right. We're back for some bowl season boomers. Let's start off with one of the big playoff games. We've got the, uh, we've got Cincinnati Bearcats against the Alabama Crimson Tide and the player, Oh, there's a couple of players you want to talk about in this game, but let's start off with a running back for Cincinnati, Jerome Ford. He has had just some monster games this year. I know you and I do a lot of DFS and there were weeks where if you did not have Ford in your lineup, uh, it, you weren't winning because he was getting four touchdowns. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he was, he was pretty dynamic this year. Uh, what do you think he could do? Or what do you think he needs to do to get this, 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 this bump, this, Bowl season boomer bump. Can I add another B to the bowl season sentence? boomer bombastic bump? I, I don't know. I, you know yeah, there we go. There Something we go. like that. Uh, so I think if if he Cincinnati doesn't have to win for him to see a, a big boom to his to his uh, his stock, but if it is close, I mean the line's like two touchdowns. But if it's closer yeah. than that, and it's closer than that because Jerome Ford busted a huge touchdown run. Uh, late in the game, or he had over a hundred yards and some receiving yards, or a long receiving touchdown, some dynamic play that got the uh, you know everyone talking about him. Uh, he could see a rise. Like he had almost like twenty touchdowns this year. He had like over twelve hundred rushing yards this year, and he's facing off with his former team. Like some people kind of forget that he was uh, a Bama backup behind Najee Harris, like one of those forgotten guys that would kind of get some junk time, uh, you know, a couple of times a year. But, uh, you know, people are going to knock him because of his lack of receiving production in his career. He actually only, only had 28 catches uh, in his college career, but he played receiver in college. Like he, he did that some alongside also being a running back. And so I, I, I fully believe he's got the skill set to be a complete feature back in the NFL. Uh, so if he, you know, has the revenge, the revenge game against uh, Alabama that I think is possible. Um, and, and he is, he's a home run hitting threat. If he has one or two of those big plays, I think he's going to gain some hype and could be a day two pick uh, after I just mean, this one game. I remember, I forget who you were talking to. It may have been John Lobb uh, earlier this year, like before the season started, y'all were talking about some like, um, I don't remember who you were talking to actually, but we'll pretend it was John. Um, you guys were like talking about like, um, like just evaluating running backs. And one of the big things is like, man, if they're not in a power five school, we get really nervous about it. But Jerome Ford, I remember uh, was one of the exceptions to that rule. And y'all were saying how he actually has um, from any of the, of the group of five schools, he has the opportunity to actually really pop this year. Mm-hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. If he can put together a, a decent game, and not only is he good at those big plays, but he's their goal line back too. Like he, uh, he, he can get those tough yards. I think Jerome Ford uh, could be in for a, a nice uh, boom, as you say. Another guy that uh, we really, really like here. Another one, kind of like what we were talking about with Charleston Rambo, like these transfers that you're like, oh, you couldn't, you couldn't hack it at your old school, so now you're gonna <laughs> go and like dominate. Uh, Jamison Williams, uh, wide receiver, Alabama. He has absolutely been crushing this year. And kind of uh, has any player, I mean, maybe Kenny Pickett, but has any player improved their stock more than Jamison Williams this season? Oh, no, no way. No, because I mean, like he would, had he chosen to stay at Ohio State, he would at best be their wide receiver for, and maybe not right. even that. Um, and he realized that. He realized, okay, this Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigwick kid, uh, he's already better than me. And he's already out snapping me. And so I'm going to go play uh, for somebody else. And I thought it was kind of crazy when he went to Alabama. I was like, what are you doing? Like, they already have Mechie. They just brought in four amazingly rated uh, true freshman wide receivers. And all four of them bombed. 
Like, yeah. Like, I mean, Ja'Cory Brooks had one good game. Yeah, Ja'Cory like, Brooks had one game. Ajaya after Hall. Jameson was suspended. Yeah. Um, yeah. JoJo Earl. On a punt. <laughs> Earl was at least splitting slot time before, you know, with Slade Bolden before he went down with injury. But they completely bombed. Jameson Williams just dominated, averaging over 20 yards per reception, almost 1,500 receiving yards, 15 scores. Like, just putting up a ridiculous year, clearly better than John Mechie. Has, has already been generating some round one hype and top 20 overall hype. And, uh, you know, he, he's getting double covered and scoring anyway. Uh, and if, yeah. you, if he does that for two more games in the college football playoff, and there's always somebody that gets that crazy bump. Like I remember even in uh, one of the most crazy quick rises of, of just absolute hype, like this guy's like the running back one overall. There's not even a debate. Don't talk to me about it. Was Ezekiel Elliott, like in his college football playoff, like run. Uh, in the year before he was even eligible, like he, like he just went off and was like, "Oh yeah, next year he's a running back one." Don't even talk to talking about talk to me about anybody else. Uh, Jamison Williams could be that guy where we love like seven wide receivers in this class, but if he smashes two games in a row and is the reason Alabama wins outside of Bryce Young, oh, and Will, Will Anderson, of course, probably uh, on the defensive side. I'm- I've never heard of him. Yeah, uh, he must not have been invited to New York City for the Heisman. Oh my gosh! You don't don't get me started. I could spend forty five <laughs> minutes talking about why that's wrong. But uh, James Williams, I mean, he, he's got a really good shot at just being like, oh wow, he's like a better version of uh, Jalen Waddle. He's a top ten pick. Let's go. Because he is. Yeah. He's better than Jalen Waddle. So yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I I'm excited to see what happens with him, and uh, yeah, just what an incredible what an incredible season. And I think he will boom like. A lot of these things, like, well, if they boom, they could. I think he will. I think um, of all the players we're talking about, he has – it's the most likely that he – because that's what he's done all year. Like, he has been their offense. He has been absolutely incredible. Uh, let's move on to uh, one of your boyfriends, Rashad White. <laughs> one of them. State. Implying I have more than one. Oh, well, man. just him and Jordan Addison. I mean, those two – they're, yeah. they're, I think – And Xavier Worthy. I think Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's still just a he's still a child. He's a freshman. Eighteen. <laughs> uh, this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, so Rashad White, Arizona State. They're playing against Wisconsin. He's the running back that that you were high on, while the rest of us were tracing ch- tracing no chasing after Travion. Um, uh, Diamante tra- Trainum. Diamante Trainum. It's a handful. Thank just you. call him Chip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to Rashad White. Uh, what do you think he can do for himself in this uh, in this bowl game? Well, so Rashad White, um, what's hilarious is he plays in the Pac-12, so no one cares, and everyone goes to bed by the end of the first quarter of his games, if not before. And so, like, no one has actually watched Rashad, Rashad White for most of his career because, like, last year he only had true. four games. He averaged like eleven yards per touch and was like the, the most efficient offensive weapon in the entire nation last year. Uh, comes out this year, uh, Chip Trainum is healthy, and so they're trying to do a little timeshare, and then they realize, holy cow, every time we give this Rashad guy the ball, like great things happen. So they were like, okay, by the way, here's 30 touches a game for like a five-week stretch, and he owns it and has success as one of the most elusive backs in the nation, uh, leads all running backs in, in receiving yards per game on top of being an incredible, incredibly elusive runner with great vision and size. And uh, so Rashad White, man, like he's – He's legit. He's a top five running back in the 2022 class. And just nobody stayed up late enough to watch him. And what's hilarious is it's like a Thursday night bowl game that starts, starts at 930 Central against Wisconsin. So again, so again, again nobody. No one will watch. <laughs> nobody's going to watch. But I'm telling you, watch the Arizona State's bowl game against Wisconsin. I know it's Wisconsin's offense, and it's going to be gross on that side besides one Braylon Allen, if he's you know going to be in that game, who's an amazing uh, prospect that we talked about just I think two weeks ago. But mm-hmm. seriously, Rashad White has a chance because if he kills it against Wisconsin's really sturdy run defense, and then he, he he's actually going to the Senior Bowl, like we talked about Jalen Tolbert going to the Senior Bowl, and then if he shows up there and is like the best running back there, which he actually has a great opportunity to do. Like if you look at the guys who have already there, there aren't many running backs who have committed, but. The list is not great. It's like Devontae Price from Florida International, who's okay. Like he'll get, he'll stick as an undrafted free agent. Damian Pierce, again, he'll stick, he'll stick somewhere as an undrafted free agent out of Florida. 
Uh, James Cook, uh, uh, well, hey, everybody, it's Dalvin's brother. Uh, that's about all he has going for him. Abram Smith ran behind the best offensive line in the country this year for Baylor. He's okay, but so far it, it looks like he could be the best running back there. Oh, yeah, and Brian Robinson also accepted a senior bowl invite, but he's, again, just kind of eh, – he went to Bama. He's, he's got a cool yeah. helmet, whatever. But um, Rashad White is, is the best back there at the senior bowl, so he's going against some steam at some point. Uh, somebody's going to start realizing, holy cow, this guy's one of the best in the game. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't love it because <laughs> I was a, anyway, we don't have to get into my, <laughs> because you, cause you won't train him. It's, it, you actually yeah. have train him in leagues. Oh yeah. Multiple. Oh man. Multiple. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry I hate to rub myself. it in, but I love to rub it in. Yeah. I, I have like I four Rashad White in Debbie leagues. <laughs> You know, you know who I want to name two players that no one has in Devi leagues because they both play for Western Kentucky, and that's Bailey Zappi and his wide receiver, five foot nine, Jareth Stearns. Who, if he does in the bowl game what he did against UTSA last week, will finish the season with about two thousand yards receiving. Like the guy (laughs) is just putting up numbers like a maniac. If you had him in college to Canton, you. Well, congrats, yeah. and you are probably sitting on a little bit of cash right now. Yep. I had him and Bailey Zappi in the same league <laughs> in one of them. Uh, <laughs> like I, had, I think I had two. That's what you call a, a winning stack right there. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's the best DFS stack every single week. But Bailey Zappi and Jareth, Jareth Stearns, not Jared, Jareth, Jareth Stearns, um, that connection has been fantastic. Uh, Zappi had, like, what, 5,000 5, yards or something silly? Um yeah. And I, I mean, a and lot of people are playing App State. And yeah, they're playing App State in their bowl game. So if they go off against one of the best defenses at their level of play, uh, around their level of play, uh, it will be uh, a great thing for both their stocks. Because Zappi, he reminds me of somebody who could be a Minshew, like get the stock. He doesn't have like all the physical uh, stature and all like the crazy rocket arm or whatever, but he's. He can just run an offense. He can he can hit all the throws, uh, and he does it at, at high volume. And he's done it for for a few years now. Uh, we just didn't really care because he was playing for Houston Baptist for for a lot of the time. Right. But Houston Baptist, seriously, they they threw the ball like fifty four times per game last year, uh, and they actually did pretty well against some some Power Five competition. And uh, then all their entire offense transferred to Western Kentucky with their offensive coordinator and took Western Kentucky from a really bad five and seven team to a really good eight and four team that like had a seven game winning streak and went to the conference USA title game only to lose to a one loss you at UTSA game uh, team. But uh, Bailey Zappi quarterback, Jared Stearns wide receiver, both of them deserve, I think at least round five capital. Yeah. Are you worried or worried at all that Zach Kitley, the offensive coordinator for um, Western Kentucky has taken the job at Texas tech and probably won't be coaching this game. Like won't be calling plays or do you not really think it will matter that much because it's one game and it's against app state. What do you, what do you think? I or think it's just one system's game. already in place. It's become, they know what the drill is like all like, Hey, look, it's Tinsley it's it's Stearns. It's a lot of the same base plays. They run a lot of action off like a bunch of stack plays that a bunch of the same looks with, uh, just kind of stacked. It's 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 not a crazy. It's an air raid offense, you know. Uh, it's not crazy complex. Um, it's a lot of quick hits to Jared Stearns underneath, and a lot of uh, double moves to Michael Tinsley over the top, and and that's just what they do. And it's it's going to be fine. But I think they'll they'll have some success. Yeah, uh, I hope you're right because that's that's a fun offense to see when they're clicking, and it will be fun to see. Um, it'll be fun to see what uh, what Kitley can do at Texas Tech. Especially if like Quinn Ewers does end up there or something like that, oh, that could be that could be dumb. Yeah, <laughs> that w- that would be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, let's move over to um, kind of a game that uh, you, you we get to see um, Kyron Williams, one of the running backs that you like an awful lot, go up against a pretty tough Oklahoma State defense, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma State team that was inches away maybe from yeah. making the playoff. I don't know if they would have made it in. I mean, uh, that, that doesn't. They would have had an argument. 
Oh man, when Desmond Jackson dove for the pylon, just barely missed it by two inches or something. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know this is? Oh man, no, 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 it's not. So but. I was hanging Christmas lights on my roof when that happened. I was watching on my phone. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I almost <laughs> fell off the roof. Um, but I, I had a lot of money on Baylor money line. So I was not, I was not disappointed. But it felt like a very un I felt very lucky, very fortunate to yes. get that one. But let's talk Kyron Williams, another running back that you've been excited about for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets his opportunity here against Oklahoma State in in a pretty big, um, pretty big bowl game here. Uh, two really good teams this season. Uh, what do you think he can do for himself? And, and what do you think kind of the outlook, the realistic outlook, uh, maybe even regardless of this game, like maybe if he has just a floor game here and then also a ceiling game, like what impact that could have on, on his draft value. Yeah. So people take one look at uh, his stats somewhere and and like, Oh, he's only like 200 pounds, like pass, (laughs) you know, and they don't realize that he's like the best pass pro running back in the nation, uh, probably by a good margin. And so teams are going to value that. And there's absolutely no way he doesn't get at least round four capital. if, If not pretty safely, uh, day two capital this year. Um, and Notre Dame's offense started really gross. Jack Cohn is terrible, whatever, yada, yada, yada. And uh, it was bad. The offensive line, they, they were replacing uh, some parts there. Uh, but down the stretch, Notre Dame kind of tightened things up. And lo and behold, so did Kyron Williams. Like he went from not having any 100-yard games uh, to having two back-to-back that were like 200 or more. And, and he was just like, okay, hey, I'm back. I'm, I'm ready for the NFL now. Uh, so he he dominated uh, USC, he dominated North Carolina, he dominated Navy, he dominated you know a few other teams this year, and uh, showed that hey he, he he's still one of the best in the game, uh, and I think for me he's still a top five running back in the class. And so if he dominates one of the top ten defenses in the country in o- Oklahoma State, uh, yeah, uh, I think people are going to be like, oh yeah, he does have a really complete resume. Oh yeah, he he right. did have like. Uh, he was like top ten in receiving yards and all and and um, all these other things. Yeah, he's just a really complete back that's really good at everything. And so I think uh, NFL teams are going to love that. And the fact that like he was able to produce even with a talented back like Chris Tyree there and 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 out producing him uh, speaks to like he's able to 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 stand up against some competition as well. This is also a New Year's Six game. They'll be playing, you know. Um, in the Probably Fiesta time. Bowl, so there, yeah, there'll be a lot of eyes on this one, yeah, for sure. Which I mean, uh, it, it does make a difference, regardless of what we might think should make a difference. Yeah. It it's does. not going to be Thursday night at nine thirty p.m. Central. <laughs> yes, <laughs> correct. Oh, um, another another New Year's Six. We got the Outback Bowl, Arkansas versus Penn State. Two wide receivers that we've already mentioned on on today's episode. We got Jahan Dotson for Penn State versus Traylon Burks. Two phenomenally talented wide receivers who have to put up with subpar quarterback play in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, and I, I think that's probably everyone's opinion, but I think KJ Jefferson isn't necessarily uh, lighting the world on fire with his, uh, with his. Yeah. Passing. I mean, he's, he's a fun um, dynamic athlete, whatever, but you know, yeah, 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 exactly. He's not an NFL quarterback. Well, I'll eat my words. I'm sure. Um, what do you, what do you think about these two guys? This is a fun, this is a fun matchup. And this is exactly how, if I'm a marketing guy for this game, this is where, this is my angle. It's, it's these two guys facing, not each other, but their teams facing each other. Yeah. Going back and forth, back and forth between uh, Jahan Dotson makes a play and, ma- and catches a long touchdown. Tra- Traylon Brooks mosses somebody because that's all he does. Uh, and it just right. goes back and forth and back and forth. I, I, it's going to be uh, a really fun game just to just to see them both play if if they both play uh it will be a lot of fun just to see what they can do uh, but i i will say in a really deep debbie that we've been drafting have we, i've referenced it a couple times like i got every episode every episode Jahan Dodson, i got around 67 uh that's so crazy like two years ago or something and so that's gonna work that's that's gonna work out so yes yeah but uh yeah, yeah. so i'm really excited excited just to see that back and forth in, in a prime time game yeah, and they're both going to be drafted fairly high anyway, so it'll be fun. Um, I'm curious what you think. Um, I mean, we both kind of assume, I, I mean, I assume that Georgia's going to take care of business and advance to the college football final, and, and, and then probably off the back of Zamir White or James Cook. Do you think either of these two running backs, maybe both of these running backs, have the opportunity to do kind of what you were talking about at the very beginning of this show, 
kind of have a Trey Sermon end to the season that maybe gets them some some boost. Uh, I have some Zamir White. I wouldn't be upset about it. They both need it, right? I mean, <laughs> that's oh so my true. Gosh. Oh my god. Um, neither of them uh, accounted for over thirty percent of Georgia snaps this year. Uh, like they were still throwing in some Kendall Milton, Dajun Edwards, uh, whatever it is. Like it's just every year. I just keep waiting for these guys that we have really high Debbie values on, like James Cook, really high, highly recruited guys. Samir White, running back one in his class, but he's torn both Crazy. ACLs at this point, and and he's just never really been the same, right? Like he just hasn't looked like the same player that we thought he was going to be, and so one of them needs to go off right now. James Cook has a has had a couple really difference making games where he's gone off. I think it was the Tennessee game and maybe one other where he just really looked good. Like, like an actual, Oh, that's a pro running back right there. Oh, that's like Dalvin, but maybe just a little slower. <laughs> you know, I, I would hate to live in that shadow because he is just a little yep. bit smaller. He's just a little bit slower. He's just, you know, I, I hate it for him, but um, you know, he actually had more snaps this year than Zamir white did. I thought that was interesting because uh, you know, white, everybody thought was going to be the guy. Uh, but yep. Cook actually can catch some passes, unlike Zamir White, just who just has not done that. So I think if my my bet would be that James Cook has like a long, like seventy yard receiving yard, uh, receiving touchdown that actually wins the game, and he's the guy that gains the hype, and Zamir White just kind of fades into the distance, uh, and we kind of sadly miss out on what could have been. Yeah, uh, sadly indeed. Uh, another running back in that same game that deserves to be talked about. Uh, is one Hassan Haskins. Um, he he played really well uh, while Blake Corum was, you know, sidelined by some injuries. Even when they were splitting the load, uh, Haskins has been able to be very productive. Do you think he has the opportunity to garner some some NFL buzz, or do you think, you know, the talent's not quite there for him to to get what maybe? I mean, I don't think many people have Haskins and Devi, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't think they do. Um, I think uh, he just hasn't really ever put it all together, right? Until this year, where he somehow, you know, scored twenty touchdowns, uh, nine of which he scored in the last three games. Uh, yeah, so crazy. he's, yeah, I know, like, and he hasn't been crazy efficient with it, uh, but he finds a way to score. Um, and uh, you know, Pro Football Focus and a whole bunch of other people that uh, grade out film love him a lot because of what he brings uh, after contact what he brings in between the tackles, especially on a gap runs, like where he's just more successful than the average guy is, especially at his size, like six, one, two twenty. He is uh, just, you know, some might call him a plotter, but I think he's just a, a smart runner, uh, a smart feature back sized runner. And so in the right landing spot, he could surprise. I think he's going to be an earlier day three pick. Um, if he has a, a boom finish here, he could go higher but to me right now, he's still like in the top 12-ish running backs, maybe top 10-ish running backs in this class uh, at this point. But I, he could really help himself out, especially if, if he's the reason Michigan takes down Georgia. You know, like that that, right. that would be monumental. Like he would that, – that hype train would just go off, like go crazy. He would be this year's Trey Sermon. Hopefully yeah. have yeah. a better uh, – start to his NFL career than Trey Sermon. But you, you know what I mean? Like with capital, <laughs> he could come yes. out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could see him having like uh, getting onto a team and really having to to fight his way. But if he was able to beat out whoever, whatever team he's on, he, he could end up. I could see him like having a Chris Carson type arc, you know, getting drafted late, but winning the job after, you know, a slow rookie year. And then all of a sudden it's yours. And then you're injured all the time. And it doesn't matter because you play for the Seahawks. I'm not going to digress too much. Uh, let's get into some defenders that you want to talk about. I'm just going to let you roll here because, uh, my my IDP knowledge is uh, limited at best. I do recognize some of the names on here, though most of them, of course. Sure. Uh, but just just kind of kind of walk us through some of this. Uh, you mentioned Aiden Hutchinson at the top of the show. I think you did. Um, I don't know. I think I think maybe when we were talking. No, maybe you maybe, didn't, maybe pre- before we hit record. I think. Yeah, but um, just talking about like Heisman stuff. Like, but he's going to be in New York. Yeah. Speaking of uh, even though Will Anderson that- has, has better stats than Aiden Hutchinson in literally every category. It's fine. Yeah. It's whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm, I won't be better. But it, I, I love talking IDP, individual defensive uh, players, uh, because most people don't play that fantasy football format, but those that do love it. 
And uh, so I, not every single year we get a bunch of just stacked first round hype type defenders. But this year we have so many, like it's crazy. Like N'Kobe Dean looks like he's going to be a first round linebacker for Georgia. Just has been, you know, in my opinion, a top five, if not top three, if not top one uh, defender in the nation this year. Just his stats, his raw box score stats don't always show that. But what he forces the running back to do or forces the quarterback to do getting pressures and as a pass rusher being a, a fantastic cover guy in, in zone situations knowing where to be like nicobe dean man he's just been amazing and again well I have him in the bummer really nerdy league but anyway what are you gonna yeah. see <laughs> I, was, I was like i think a lot of people like me like haven't watched a whole lot of georgia because their games aren't very entertaining no. because they've just been crushing people yeah. and they get up 14 points in the first quarter and then the opposing team doesn't have a chance so it, yeah. no one's really watched him play unfortunately yeah uh, but definitely uh, a super exciting super yeah. exciting linebacker oh exactly and then jordan davis who's like i think he's about 500 pounds and like seven seven feet tall i think that's what it is uh so he's gonna be a top 10 or 15 pick um, and then Christian Harris, I love him as a linebacker. He might be in the first round conversation, but he's got a, a few more uh, questions than Dean does. Uh, but Christian Harris for Alabama, uh, Jordan Battle, who actually had that set, that pick six in Alabama's last game against Georgia. Um, Jordan Battle at, at safety and DeMarco Helms at safety for Alabama. Like both of them could go pretty highly. Uh, Louis Seen for Georgia at safety. Uh, Daxton Hill, my dude, uh, I love him too like he's been amazing for michigan for the past couple years he's a slot defender slash safety slash box guy like he's all over the field a little bit uh slender for his position but again i have him in that nerdy league and i've had him for my team for two years and so i'm I'm really excited to see him absolutely gain like first round uh hype right now like he's getting mocked and at the back end of first rounds and so that's really cool and we've seen NFL defenses start to adjust to these players that are kind of these hybrid types mm-hmm. where you see it in, in college a lot more. Traditionally, we're seeing a lot more transition to this uh, in the NFL as well. Even like a guy like Jamal Adams, who's like a safety, but he's actually just like yeah. an extra linebacker. You yeah, know? exactly. And, and everyone's going to be talking about Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo because they're the guys coming off the edge, getting to the quarterback in the game, um, you know, making Stetson Bennett, Bennett flush out of the pocket. But Daxton Hill... Uh, is the guy that I, I just love watching because he just zooms all over the place. Like wherever they yeah. line him up, he's around the ball all day long. Like last year, he had a stretch where he was like eight, nine tackles a game just constantly because he was always around the ball. Uh, and then this year, he's gotten even smarter just about being where he needs to be in space. Um, so, but yeah, and, and then Cincinnati, Ahmad Gardner, little sauce Gardner, <laughs> and Majay Sanders. Sanders doesn't have crazy sack totals, but uh, he had like over 50 pressures in less than five sacks. So he, he just needs some regression to the mean. Maybe he'll have, at the right time, he'll finally get a couple sacks uh, when it counts in the playoffs and and see his uh, draft stock rise too. Is there a reason you uh, you didn't put any Pac-12 players on the defenders list? I'm just asking. <laughs> well, mainly friend. all these guys are in, in the playoff and have a couple, maybe have a couple chances in the yeah. playoff to, to, to boom. But I could talk well, about I'm, some other, other Pac-12 sure guys. I- I don't think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to play in the Alamo. Bowl. No, probably, so, probably <laughs> I, I think probably not. Uh, he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't. Um, oh, that's good. Let's uh, let's I, I've got like three minutes. My kids are texting oh, me. Yep, uh, all my, good. my little dude just texted me. Uh, okay. I'm tired. We'll, I want we'll to go we'll, to bed. Yeah, we'll get you to him real <laughs> but, quick then. <laughs> let's let's talk about some of these guys who um, have suffered some some injuries. Um, like Mechie, CJ Verdell, who are no longer playing, but then also George Pickens, who was injured to start the year, but it now is playing. Uh, what do you think is most likely going to happen? CJ Verdell, um, I I still think was the running back two for Oregon. I think Travis Dye is better than him, but CJ Verdell was outproducing him when they were both on the field this year. Uh, last year, that was a different story. John Mechie, of course, we talked about when we were talking about Jamison Williams. Uh, he's been the number two option for Alabama for two years now um, after, you know, the Waddle injury last year. So do you think either of these two guys can overcome these injuries to get decent draft capital? Even before this match, he was like my wide receiver nine or 10. Um, and so I, yeah, he'll be a day two guy probably just by default because he went to Alabama. Um, do you think he deserves that? I think he does, but it's like, you know, he's around three wide receiver. That That's what he is to me. Like he's good. Like he should be on a team. He should be in the rotation and uh, I just don't. I'm, do you I'm have not a, really. Do you have a comp for him? 
I good don't. NFL I, not, not a good one. I've, I've, I've looked at it. Like, I, and all the outcomes for him based on his production profile aren't great. Um, and then when you look at his actual arc and rise to what he what he has become, and even his deployment and and how he's been used as like this low a dot underneath guy versus his uh, teammate and Jameson Williams, like he's it's just a really odd guy to comp. Um, I I always think of Hunter Renfro, and I don't know if that's fair, and maybe that's too <laughs> high of a maybe that's too high of a comparison. Hunter Renfro's killing it this yeah. year. But I, I don't know. It's just really hard to comp match you. Like I've tried to, and it's like, I feel like everything sells it short or uh, just sets an expectation that's way too high. Uh, Cause yeah. I'm not super high on Mechie, but George Pickens, I am. I think he's, he had that 30% dominator as a true freshman and uh, proved that he was a, a monster down the stretch last year. So I think he's basically just proving, Hey guys, I'm almost there. He's trying to do it. What Jalen Waddle did. Like, Hey, I'm almost right. back already. Uh, just, just believe in me. I want to get back. I want to compete on my on my team. I'm a team player. Uh, so Pickens is going to go. He's going to be a top 75-ish pick for sure, if not higher than that. So Verdell, I think, just comes back. But it's risky because Travis Dive, of course, for Oregon, is probably coming back too. So that's going to be a timeshare that he's coming back to. But if he doesn't, like I think he could be a top seven running back uh, in the class if he did clear, declare just because it's a weaker class. So he's got some decisions to make. I think he wears number seven too, so that would be perfect. Yeah, there you go. So sorry. Um, do you think George Pickens? We could have we could have probably talked about him in this Boomer section too, huh? Yeah, because like if he he really hasn't looked like he's completely back to normal. Like maybe one catch, he looked completely back to normal in this past week. But um, yeah, but he's got a couple of weeks now to to to, mm-hmm. to get a little bit more of his legs under him, um, and then he's got two opportunities most likely to uh, to get some more. Yeah. Some more snaps, some more some be. more tape out there. He could be because he uh, he fits like that Drake London mold too. So he could like have a couple mossing type crazy crazy plays where he he's a difference maker, and all of a sudden people are people are like, oh yeah, George Pickens is good. I forgot. Um, and with a wide receiver, you have an Odell Beckham moment, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, you're good. For you know next. what I mean? Like <laughs> ever, yeah. I still draft Odell Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh. No, this is good, man. It was it was good being able to catch up with you. It was good um, talking about some of these guys before the playoff and all the bowl games start. Kind of some names to look out for. Uh, see where maybe we should be uh, paying attention. Uh, maybe if some of these guys don't blow up, maybe that's an opportunity to buy a low on them, depending on how far they fall in the NFL draft. But uh, this is a good conversation. Um, of course, uh, we do appreciate all you guys for listening. Please do rate and review the podcast. Uh, we do appreciate all of you guys listening. You can find us both on the Road of His Radio main feed. We also do have our own College to Canton feed. Do uh, follow along both of those. Typically, we get the College to Canton feed out a little earlier. So uh, so d- definitely be following us on that so you don't uh, miss an episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Before we take off, though, Travis, uh, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Nope. Just uh, watch all the bowl games and soak it up. Enjoy the holiday season. And uh just reach out to me at FF underscore Travis M on Twitter. If you want to talk some college football, NFL prospects incoming this year, especially if you want to talk to me about, about uh, defensive players, because uh, not enough people talk to me about that stuff, but uh, okay, I am going to leave you with a question here. Uh, are you the type of degenerate that bets on bowl games or is there just too much unknown with like motivation factors and all that, that you try to stay away? Um, if I do, I, I do try to sift through the teams that have absolutely quit and bet against them. And that's about the only play that I, I t- typically try to do other than uh, betting some live unders. Uh, I do some live unders, you know, especially for the uh, matchups that were supposed you know, originally projected in the 60s, 70s or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, there's a slow start and like, you know, you know, wait for one score and just kind of play, play the line there. But just, you know, live unders and teams that have quit. I like it. Um, of course, if you want to get some uh, other college betting advice, Matt and I will be doing that next week, going through the bowl games. Uh, so you can catch us over there on the uh, Rotoviz Fantasy College Fantasy Football Podcast. I think it's something like that. Anyway, thank you all for listening, Travis. <laughs> it's been it's been good hanging out. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. I'm I'm glad you guys are home with the little man. Uh, yes. Glad all the things are well. It's been great talking. Thank you all for listening. Um, 
if you're gonna watch Army Navy, enjoy. Otherwise, uh, just wait for those bowl games and you'll get the uh, entertainment if you pray. We'll be with y'all next week. Thanks so much for listening. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.